What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Nerd Jocks Podcast. My name is Chris Marone. I'm Jesse Grun. This is my queen wave. Queen wave. Um, it's a cl- and classy way to wave. Dude, it's the classiest <sighs> way to wave. When you wave like a queen, people know. It must be royalty. Can you imagine if that's how we tried to pick up our wives when we first met them? Like look, look across the room and she like nods at you and you just throw the hand up and you're like, I feel like, I feel like they might've married us right there on the spot. Yeah. Let's put it in perspective. Send, that's when you send, that, that's right when you send a drink over. Yeah. <laughs> so we are here to discuss the Ooh. Snyder cut. Ooh. Ooh, Snyder cut. Right. That was four hours of visual glory. And we can make one thing certain as you're listening to this. This podcast won't be as long as the Snyder cut. Is any is anything is any experience like I feel like even the Lord of the Rings uncut versions weren't as long as the Snyder cut. No, borderline. Like I think, or, yeah, I think like three and a half to three hours. Three and, and a half minutes. hours. Yeah. Didn't break yeah, that. Yeah. Break, didn't break that four hour mark. Nope. Nope. Definitely. Definitely didn't. I saw a really funny meme. It said, uh, Peter Jackson is thinking about releasing the Jackson cut. It's going to be eight, eight and a half days long. <laughs> I'd watch I it. Like, I'd watch it. Where, I'd watch what it. do I do? Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> That's how I feel. You know, something to say about the runtime. Yes. I, Plenty of times with with frequency pause to get up, walk around, use the bathroom, go do something. I mean, that like I felt like the Snyder cut uh, for me was like more of like a five hour experience with everything that I was doing uh, in between to pause. I'm glad I had that luxury of being able to pause it and go and come back or whatever. Sure. Uh, but I am in terms of like after seeing it, I was like, you know, <sighs> Snyder cut is better than the studio cut for sure. And I think so right now for our, for our listeners and our viewers, this first part, we're going to stay out of spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen this yet, we're just giving our general impressions and our feelings from it. We will give you the spoiler warning and then we will deep dive into the spoilers. But as of right now, yes, I agree. There wasn't the distract, distractive, uh, distracting mustache face thing going on. Uh, tonally, it had a consistent tone throughout the whole thing. Most um, of the characters thought, got real arcs and stories, which was rewarding to watch. For, for sure. Uh, the action was definitely next level. Uh, the violence was definitely next level. Oh my God. I mean, everything everything he had kind of established in Batman versus Superman, which, again, I don't love, but everything that he had established in BVS, he had carried over into this. And it's yeah. very clear that he... The interesting thing, love him or hate him, he had a vision. This is where it was going to go. And, 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 you know, he was willing to work towards that vision. You know, a lot of people in the studio itself just weren't willing to be along for the ride. I think streaming gave us this opportunity though. They spent an extra, I think $70 million to make this. And the fans, Uh, fans, knowing, knowing that this version of the film existed and demanding it and the outcry and the cast getting behind it. And then just finally being like, we got to give them what they want. And I, as a, as a fan of superhero and these, these characters, I'm like, yeah, I'm really thankful they did it because I got to see what his vision was. And overall, I'm like, part of me was like, I really 
wish they would have released this as the original throwing an intermission or whatever there's it could have not been four hours i mean there's listen i think everybody who knows a Zack snyder film knows you're gonna see some slow motion sequences and there's quite a few slow motion sequences in this film that maybe if they cut out could have decreased the runtime. Accurate. <laughs> Very accurate. I mean, no one needs to go pick up coffee in slow motion unless that coffee is. I don't know, extraterrestrial and, and on another planet and explosive. There's somebody shooting at you while you're doing it at the same time. You know, something. Okay. That's like, it's like the most violent sci-fi coffee ever. Okay. Maybe I can see that in slow motion. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, I mean, Zach loves his slow motion. Watch every film he's ever done. Okay. Any film he has done, there is plenty of slow motion in the movie. And I almost think, you know, it's my like a opinion signature. Zach, it is. It is. And I think, you know, I think for me, just personally, and I'm not speaking on your behalf, Zack Snyder, as a director, is fantastic at visuals and his action sequences and the way he directs them are fantastic. Yeah. I think he lacks a lot in the ability to bring the most out of his actors hmm. and the most out of the characters themselves. And I think because of that lack of character development that he doesn't necessarily specialize in, maybe, just maybe, he needs the slow motion to, to pad the runtimes of these other two-hour films. Mm. I'm being totally tongue-in-cheek, but ultimately I felt the same way about this movie. And as we get into spoilers or, or, or miniseries or what are we calling this? What, it, what does this classify as? Is this a... Is this a a re is this a reboot? No, it's not a reboot. It's a it's uh, like a, it's a I mean no, I get we would just say director's cut. Yeah, it's just a director's cut, right? Like we saw it with, with so we saw a totally different movie with like Superman 2. There's the Donner cut, which mm. if you look at it, it's almost a totally different film. Highlander. Um Highlander 2 is like a totally different film, the second yeah. one. Because the second the the studio cut of the second Highlander is just it's awful. Like they, none of it makes sense. And the and then the the director's cut came out. And it's like, oh, okay, like this makes more sense, right? And I I really feel like I walked away from this feeling the same way. Like, okay, this makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, but I, I and I four I think hours. I, I do we need four hours? Yeah, I, and I understand what you're saying. I I feel kind of bummed that we don't do intermission anymore in theaters. Sure. Like I I feel like some pieces they're worth having that in there uh so that i don't go up and go to the bathroom and miss it at the time and that might just be something where theaters are like if we add every show that shows if every show time for this film has intermission you know we're eating up all this extra time because people got to go to the bathroom or whatever and and while i get that that the theaters aren't as packed as they used to be there's part sure. of me just kind of wishes we could have that experience because then i think if intermission was an accepted thing we wouldn't have this situation with with uh the justice league film like the snyder cut would have been the cut that came out originally because audience uh uh sorry moviegoers would be used to the fact that you're going to take a break if you're going to watch a, a long film like that so that's kind of a, a thing that 
I'm bummed about. But on the other hand, there there is an a, there is a perspective that I do understand where it's just kind of like, does it need to be four hours? What could you have trimmed down where it could have been a you know a three and a half hour film, and that would have been the film you released originally? I'm also just, I'm not a fan of a when you hire someone to tell a story, don't get in their way, like. Sure. don't direct by proxy you hired them for that reason that's the job that you're giving them once you get too involved it's you know show business has a balance there 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 should be a balance what's the bigger word yeah business it's got to you know it's got to make business happen totally agree totally understand at the same time that balance is you hired these this person to see your story through let them do that and don't get in the way of it and i feel like that's kind of what we are now well aware of seeing the snyder cut and having seen the the original cut and being like wow it's a way better film i mean stuff makes sense now i i feel rewarded in terms of you know journeying with these characters from the previous films into this and now i'm kind of like i don't know i i think some people might even walk away and be like i'm kind of bummed that it's died down. Like, what could have the continuation be if this was the, you know, original outing? It's like my, why I'm excited for the 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 Suicide Squad film, which we'll talk about a little bit late, later on. But I am excited about that because I do feel like, like you were saying, the violence in this film has had ramped up. Like, are we getting into that adult storytelling within the superhero movies very much like deadpool like are we starting to get more of those because i hope so i would like more of that well the 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 the, the audience is aging right yes. i mean think about it like like the audience doesn't stay kids forever right so as as we age we want more content that is you know a little bit edgier yeah i think that's part of why a show like the boys has been so successful because it's good. an edgier show it's a good observation so yeah. um uh, going to your intermission point, I just want to make. Do you know what the runtime for Gone with the Wind was? No, three hours and fifty eight minutes. So it was almost a four hour movie. Oh wow! Yeah, which is which we're is, telling you know, the whole story, right? Like yeah. we are. I don't think there was an editing room back then for three hours and fifty eight <laughs> minutes. I'm sure the original runtime for Waterworld before Kevin Costner cut it was probably six and a half hours. To be right. honest with you, yeah. what I think is really interesting about what we just experienced by sitting through and watching the Snyder cut is this is this idea that yes, the studio is paying for the the money they're paying the money to make the film, right? But like, imagine if you will, a team owner in the NBA showing up after they sign a really big player who plays right-handed and suddenly telling him to play left-handed. Well, I, I, I pay your salary, so you should pay play left-handed. And that's not why you hired him. So I, I think when you get in bed with Zack Snyder, you know what to expect from Zack Snyder. You know the high highs, like 300 was his high high, you know, before, you know, and and, and Watchmen to a certain extent, but you also know his low lows. Like we know what Sucker Punch was like. There was no, there was no source material to draw off of. It was his own original vision, and it came out terribly. So I think there's this. There, you as a studio owner, you have to, you you have to know what you're getting involved with, right? For like sure. you just, you have to understand it. So I, I think I walk away from this experience. <sighs> And we'll get into the spoilers here momentarily. 
I walk away from this experience and I didn't feel like I wasted four hours. So that's good. Yeah. And it's definitely better than the first one. But I don't know how high that bar was set because the first one was so forgettable and so garbage that it's like, okay, well now let's really assess of where this is in the Pantheon. Like, what did they do right? What did they do wrong? And uh, is there a resurrect the Snyderverse? That's a hashtag right now. Yes, right. That's right. I do hashtag symbols. Resurrect the Snyderverse. Yeah. Which I think is a valid conversation. I think there, there's there's a place to say is, I know the, the studio did come out and say, no, they're done. It's not happening anymore. What they're doing with their films, they're very happy with, and they're going to move forward on. I just, I do feel like there's a large audience out there that were fans of this cut. And we're fans of finally getting to see this. And they were just kind of like, you wouldn't have left the Snyderverse behind if you had just done it this way in the first place. Like, we would probably be seeing the continuation of these characters and their journeys and, you know, uh, sure. uh, seeing some of these characters you didn't see in, in in the studio who did show up in this one that would have carried through into, like, bigger story uh, arcs. Um, so, you know, there's hopefully some adjustment some um you know i don't want to say because i don't think it'll happen but like shift in how involved one side gets versus the other to allow these stories that's part of the reason why i'm like i really want to i i wasn't a, a huge fan of the first suicide squad but i am looking forward to this one because i'm hoping with what james gunn was capable of doing was that that they were just like hey we're gonna let you do this we're gonna let you tell your story i hope that's the case but there is i do have reservations that if the film comes out and you watch it and it's like man this just doesn't feel like james gunn then i'm gonna go is there a director's cut lurking out there that we're not you know are we gonna be fighting for the gun cut yeah i think what's interesting and we'll we'll get right into the spoilers here momentarily Um, I think one of the big things for me when you're looking at this as a whole is that James Gunn is walking in with this track record of excellence. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't necessarily think, I mean, we gave Snyder, so Snyder got Man of Steel. Yeah. After, let's, let's be honest, he botched Watchmen. Like to the point where the original writer of Watchmen didn't like what they put out. Mm. So like, he did not do Watchmen. He he did no. It's not. He, he didn't do Watchmen justice. But again, would he have done it justice if he was given a four-hour runtime in a miniseries? Maybe. Maybe. Like there's been like three different cuts of Watchmen that's come out since. Yeah. And they and they kind of get better. Um, some and I think some people are better storytellers in some mediums than others. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a good storyteller within a two-hour, maybe two and a half-hour medium for feature film, right? Like, like in game was over three hours long, but let's be honest, we were 20 Marvel movies in at this point. Everybody was invested. Yeah. You could have told me that movie was going to be five hours. I would have gone sat in that movie theater yeah. for five hours. Yeah, exactly. So I just think maybe, maybe this is a better medium for him. Like maybe just maybe a four hour, a mini series situation and HBO yeah. max, like imagine if HBO max takes this. And I think what's really interesting and, and we've, we've talked about it in the past you know, with mortal Kombat coming out in theaters and on HBO max with Godzilla versus King Kong, which I'm still going to go see in theaters because Godzilla and King Kong are huge. And I want to watch it in theaters. Yeah. Okay. Um, and suicide squad coming out in both like 
does HBO Max start feeling this out and go, hey, we have an opportunity to take our whole DC Comics like catalog and pretty much make these amazing series on it? Because HBO is great at making series. I mean, look look at their their series track records, amazing, right? Yeah. So does yeah. Warner Brothers go, hey, this is a this is a huge opportunity for us to tell some really cool stories that a two hour medium of a movie theater just doesn't allow us to tell. Yeah, that would be, I, I hope that uh, the behind closed doors, these conversations are going on. I think the audience longs for it and uh, uh, would love, would love to see what they're going to do with it. The same with, you know, the, the next Batman film that's going to come out. How dark is it going to be? Where are they going to go in that regard? You know, is this going to be the darkest we've ever seen, you know, Batman before? So there's just a lot to this that it could be where, I mean, honestly, I know certain characters you can't like Superman is really hard to get into like dark storytelling with Superman. Cause he's just this icon. Uh, but you can, if you're willing to, and we, and we saw that, um, and, and, and when we get into spoilers, which very close, we'll, 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 we'll talk about, um, we keep saying it's so close. We keep saying, yeah, it's like, right there. The it's right there in the corner. When are the spoilers um, are coming? I promise. Yeah. It, it, it is also, you know, a place of storytelling where, when you look at like Marvel, most of their films are these like family going movies, which of course that's where theaters make most of their money. So when they do open back up and they're back up and running again, it's the families of fours, the median households that show up. That's where theaters do very well. So they want to put films in their, you know, uh, on their screens that draw these, these types of, of, of moviegoers in. So yeah, like you were saying, maybe the streaming platform would be where they say, we're just like we we're doing really well in this medium of storytelling because we have a lot of characters that honestly they just fit more adult R-rated storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's 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 Here no comes, more suspense. Yeah. Turn let's it off if you don't right want to hear in. the spoilers. If you don't want to hear spoilers about how all the Marvel characters showed up last minute through a boom tube. Oh wait, was I supposed to say that? What? turn it off now and check us on the next episode but if you're sticking around for more let's get ready and talk about some of these spoilers first and foremost martian manhunter yay i was like yes where have you been what have you been doing why have you been non-existent yeah no i i love it i don't know if we can really uh, it bothers me that he didn't do anything during the doomsday thing that instead he's like sitting back shooting missiles at doomsday in the air, which doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it. But um, no, I, 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 you know, I'm not going to let the, uh, the truck sized plot holes discourage me from the fact that we got Martian Manhunter on a big screen, which is very yeah. cool. A very good actor to actually play him yeah. too, which is very cool. I was happy to see a, a lantern representation that was um, pretty I think, cool. I thought, and I, what I thought was cool about it was the lantern. I liked that they showed the lantern die, the ring come off, Doomsday try and grab it, or I'm sorry, Dark Side try and grab yeah. it, and then it like zoomed off, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a great that was a great touch. Yep. To go along with that. Yeah. So, um, I I, thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed those fan service moments. And yeah. I think there were quite a few of those fan service moments. Yeah. You know, the very end when Batman's standing on that tank, that's the tank from the dark Knight. uh, the dark Knight returns. Oh, wow. 
that's the tank for it's literally the tank like he's standing on the tank that's cool um so i thought that was cool superman wearing the black suit yeah. which they didn't explain in this movie there was a reason behind it in the comics like he was trying to soak up um a rays from the sun so that he could rejuvenate so there was a reason behind the black suit but in this one he was just like you know what i like I batman's it. black i'm gonna wear black too yeah right? yeah yeah i also um, i also really enjoyed getting a full experience for cyborg because i yes. did feel like after seeing this man that story got the short end of the stick with the studio cut and his story like i really i i was um i was a fan of i was a fan of all of it everything that i learned about his character and and i've why I felt for him understanding his sure. struggle, you know, there sure. was so much to it that for me, I was, I felt like when I got to the end, I, I was just like, okay, good job. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely thought they did. A, I definitely, it was obvious that there was um, some sort of malice between him and Whedon and the studio. And you could tell that by how much of his story was cut out when they did the justice league the change from one to the the Snyder cut. Um, and look, I, I don't know based on he, how outspoken he's been against uh, Warner brothers uh, elite. I don't, I don't know if we'll even ever see him. I think his name's Ray Stevens. I don't think we'll ever see Ray Stevens in a Warner brother film again, to be honest with you, but with the time that he was given, it was good. And I, I, I really liked that they flushed out his dad's character and his dad's motivation I love the fact that they touched on the fact that, you know, you're a father in that situation where your wife just died and now you have an opportunity to maybe just maybe beyond anything, be able to bring your, your son back to life. You know, that struggle with him, he's a really good actor and he yeah. showed it in that scene. Yeah. Uh, I, I really liked everything about his character yeah. and what they brought out of him, how powerful they made him. Ah, oh, man, that, you know, it was a long scene. I think it was much longer than it needed to be, but cyborg watching that lady struggling through life and then giving her all of that money is a really good scene. It's a powerful scene. It's I, I really it long. Yeah. It's really long, but it's a really good scene. Yeah. I feel like you could have just showed her being evicted and having kids and that would, that would have given a lot to what, what but it was still there. the, the, that was one of those moments where I was like, I got emotional just watching that. I yeah, felt, for sure. I felt I was so for happy sure. for him. I was on his side sure. immediately. You know, just that 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 essentially with great power becomes comes great responsibility. And he was like, Sure, here's what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. And then I also actually appreciated seeing more of Aquaman's character because that was something yeah. else that I felt like was non-existent in the studio. In the not the studio. same. Not. Not the creepy women singing at the shore and smelling his sweater. I thought that was just a total waste of time. But everything else about Aquaman, I am 100% with you. Please, someone explain to me, if someone speaks the language they were speaking, what those women were saying, why she was smelling their sweater, and how that sweater wouldn't smell like just fish and just disgustingness. Yeah, and how if anybody knows, like really please, help us, please help com us comment on this. What were they saying? Why were they all sticking it to him as he jumped in the water and swam away? And why did we get like three bars of it? Like I can imagine if it was like 10 seconds, that was some of that padding of the Snyder cut where, you know, Zack Snyder sitting there at the editing board, like, 
screw them. The whole yeah. song's staying in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then leaving the whole song. Something else we talked about too is like the 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 action and the violence in this film was just exactly what you would believe it to be with these super beings fighting these these parademons and destroying yeah. them, which is exactly what needs to be happening with these types of creatures. Sure. Um, even down to the way Stephen, Steppenwolf goes out. I mean... That was not PG-13, the way no. Steppenwolf goes out. Nope, 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 nope. There was nothing PG-13. There's nothing PG-13 about getting a trident in the chest and then being beheaded. There's just nothing PG-13 about that. You know what I mean? There's nothing PG-13 about having one of your, basically your ears cut off by Superman, by the way. Like, we'll get to the whole him showing up for how long he showed up in the movie. But man, he basically just, just heat rate an ear off. And I'm watching it going, that was, that was like, that was like him fighting a guy and just heat raying an ear off a human Just, being like it's very similar yeah, yeah. it's very similar um and yes the violence was 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 snyderfied okay very much so i it, enjoyed it all much... the action sequences in the film i was never bored yes. in the action sequences in the film i felt like the i felt like the action sequences with the action sequence with wonder woman uh, if i say her name do i have to immediately start playing her music because that's what they did Every time her name was said. So if you go back and watch, oh, every the time lamenting her name was said, music, it was uh, right. It was in the background. Do, 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 do. Like like that was always yeah. in the background. And then anytime also she was just, gonna uh, see, yeah, yeah, that that was nonstop too. That I I understood what was going on, and I was like, I know, I got it. Okay. So the sequence in the bank with the with the uh, with the terrorist which I thought's a really great scene and they made it a little longer if you couldn't tell. Yeah. And and Wonder Woman is literally killing these guys by the way. That yep. was not she was not pulling any punches when she throws that one guy against the wall and you see what's left on the wall that was not chocolate sauce. Just saying. But like this is very specific. Did she really need to go all like super bracelet knocking out a whole side of a building for one dude who was reloading when we saw how fast she was already. Did um, she really need to do that? It makes like, me think just... of whenever I'm playing a video game and there's like one bad guy left and I've got my super. You're going to get it. I'm going to get it to you. You're not even the like, boss. You're not even the boss. You're literally the last guy left in order for me to move the story on. Why not? It'll recharge by the time I get into my next fight. My best friend and I looked at each other as soon as that happened. We were like, was that, was that a little overkill? Was it? And like, how do you explain to those little girls, like for the rest of their life, they literally just saw someone vaporized, like down to their shoes. But um, I, I still think. That's a funny sketch. To- after she does that, she turns around and everyone's just kind of like in shock after what they've just witnessed. <laughs> and you've got like. Diana working three jobs to pay for all the therapy bills for all the, all the kids inside that room. Um, She's like, maybe I shouldn't I, have gone so strong on that guy. I love what they did with Flash's powers. I think introducing time travel in that one sequence was really cool from yeah. the Flash's powers perspective. But oh my gosh, he still does not work for me as Flash. Oh yeah, couple re- couple reasons. That's for how you me. feel. Very much so, and I have 
a couple of big reasons for me. Um, one, he is playing more. If you know the source material, he is playing more Wally Wally West than he is Barry Allen. Wally West was kind of was was uh, very nebbishy and uh, kind of awkward, uh, and he's a totally different character. Okay, Barry Allen was Barry Allen. One, he didn't get his powers until he was older. Um, he was already a crime tech lab technician when he got his powers. Yeah. And part of what was really important about him getting his powers was the sense of duty and justice and responsibility that he already had. Mm. So, you know, uh, Snyder took the character and basically did an amalgam of the two. Okay. okay? And what we get is this really awkward kid who's a look, uh, I know he's a good actor. I don't know if it's just the writing, but he's super awkward in all these scenes, almost trying to be Ryan Reynolds funny at times. And it's just not working coming mm. from him who, Oh my gosh, I understand he has the speed force, but can we get him a coach to show him how to run? Because all of his running motion was just the motion. I thought was terrible. really the, 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 like the arm throw thing. Like I was really, I, I was kind of thrown off by that. Cause like if you even if you read the comics, if you watch the animated stuff, I mean the Flash is running in like perfect form, right? Like, like Olympic sprinter economy, Olympic sprinter right. type of of yeah. of running. The running motion was throwing me off a little bit too. I was like, what is the point of this body language? That form is really yes. yeah, yeah yeah yeah. We call it, so we have a term for it in strength and conditioning. We call it running economy. It's when you try and create as the, the most perfect form you can create biomechanically. So you're using as little of the energy that you need to. Mm. And I know we're dealing with a superhero here. I yeah. get all of that. But my, my problem was, is like, you could not from a, from a, that standpoint, you, he's basically moving super awkwardly as well. Um, and I just, I, I don't feel like his character hit. He evolved in that he went from not ever having, like experience with a team to suddenly having experience with a team and having that big moment of going back in time, which obviously sets up flashpoint paradox, which they're going to do in the next film. But I, I still don't like, I, I, I have a bunch of casting issues with this film still. I, I will always in the DCEU who they have cast. And I still think for me, he is the second biggest miss of anybody they have cast for any of these films. First biggest being Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Hmm. I've always felt like Lex Luthor's presence is, is, um, it demands a certain gravitas. Yeah. Thank you. That's the word gravitas. It does that, 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 the, that individual, that mind, mm-hmm. um, everything that makes up that, that character. So I, I, I can understand, I can understand that perspective. I can understand the other perspective as well too. Cause it, it, especially with the flash when you when i think of the flash and i think of growing up on the cartoons and the comics and the animated uh movies that have been done the live action version of a flash doesn't really resonate with those and i am i resonate more with those versions of the flash too so i i i can you know i i can see that uh you mentioned flashpoint paradox and i'm like that would be great i would love to to see to see more of that like if we could get like a series of 
God, films. It's such a, it's it's a super vi- it's a super violent story. It is a hyper violent story with a terrible outcome. I mean, there, there's some. I mean, there's a there's a lot to that story. That if that's what they're doing is the next movie, which yeah. is the rumors with Michael Keaton's casting and and Ben Affleck <laughs> yeah. coming back. Like if that's what they're doing with the story. Yeah. That has an that has an opportunity, you know, the whole resurrect the Snyder Cut thing. That has an opportunity to just totally reboot the universe. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the, I mean, the far reaching potential of everything that could occur from that. Yeah, is huge. And I think the audience um, would eat it up. Oh, for sure. I don't think you could. That's my other thing, though. The Flashpoint Paradox story. If you know it, either seen the animated series or read the or read the source Not material. It's a. It's not for kids. And B. There is so much going on that for you to cut any of what's going on, you're going to lose some of what makes that story so important. Yeah. So this might be another medium for that. Yeah. Because that's a big story to tell. And we could do like a part like, one, part two, or however you want to do it. Like break it up sure. into yeah. like a, a yeah. I think a like a mini series or like a mini series of actual movies you know like real yeah you know that's why i was saying like part one part two yeah you're right there is so much going on in those oh storylines you couldn't do it so in, much you couldn't do any of it justice in two and a half hours unless you did you focused on certain characters and that right. like each film was from a different perspective of a character wrapped around that that story is maybe this how is, you could do it this is a spoiler alert but obviously in flashpoint paradox flash breaks the time barrier, saves his mom and sets off this whole chain of reaction that sets the world on this basically apocalyptic vision where Atlanteans and uh, uh, I wanted to say Wakandans there for a second. Um, (laughs) That would be a fight right there. Um, But uh, Atlanteans and the Amazons are fighting over control of the world, basically, which stems from an affair that happened between uh, Arthur and uh and uh, uh oh my gosh wonder woman and mira getting murdered by wonder woman it's a super intense story thomas wayne is actually batman his uh, his mom. wife martha is, is joker is joker yeah uh, is that was joker. like the big story bruce, for me that died. Like, that's so cool bruce wayne died yeah, as bruce, the kid bruce died bruce died as a kid but so if yeah. you watch the animated movie which is one of my favorite animated movies it's really it's good such a good job highly recommend it. really good I cry at the end of that animated movie every single time, no matter how many times I've watched it, because that uh, total spoiler here, get out, mute me if you want to. But uh, Thomas <laughs> gives Flash a letter to give to Bruce. I- I'm getting Terry just thinking about this. Gives him a letter to give to Bruce that if he makes things right to give to Bruce. And at the very end, they're in the cave and Bruce is basically talking, talking Flash down like, yeah, I believe you. Why did you do it? Sort of thing. Yeah. And Flash went, well, maybe something good came out of it and hands him the letter. And Bruce takes off the cowl. This is my father's handwriting. And he starts crying. And he looks back at, at Barry and says, thank you. And I'm like, I'm getting, I'm getting choked up right now, but I'm on camera. So I ain't going to do it. <laughs> I, I get choked up every time I watch this. Scene, but Especially but I, being I, invested I, in that character for as long and, and just knowing like, you know, being able to get that opportunity for, for Bruce Wayne is, is, uh, uh it's such a, it's such a, a victory moment as a, as an audience member. Oh, yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I hope he didn't put the letter that your mom started to the Joker. Love, yeah, yeah, love yeah. dad. Yeah. I hope he left that part completely LOL. out. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let, let's let's get it. Two big things that I want to cover before we finish up. One is Superman's appearance, and two, the nightmare sequences. Mm, yeah. So let's 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 talk. Um, let's talk Superman's appearance. So, out of the four hour and the sixteen minute runtime. He is in the movie for 22 minutes. Yep. How did you feel about the 22 minutes of Superman on screen? Uh, I, I enjoyed the 22 minutes that Superman was on screen. I wish we had gotten to it faster and uh, I was engaged with it. And um, there, there, you know, those moments of him essentially re awakening with with lois uh i thought that was a really you know uh just i i i liked that i liked that that moment with his mom i liked the moment where he goes to see uh um uh alfred uh which mm-hmm. i thought was like a cool touch I was like oh that's awesome that's cool um and then alfred's response like knowing you you would come and and then the uh the the just when he shows up and just starts kicking ass i was oh god i was oh yeah Oh yeah, I was all for no, it. no, no flash races, no Russian families, no nothing. He's nope. just like, I'm awake. I go see Alfred, and this and this for me, from a storytelling perspective, made more sense than the first movie did. Yeah, I'm awake. I go see Alfred. Alfred says, "Hey, listen, this is what's going on right now." And then Superman literally leaves right there and zooms over as fast as he can to go help them. And that first scene where he right as Steppenwolf's about to hit Cyborg with the axe and he gets hit in the shoulder with the axe and just looks at Steppenwolf and goes, I am not impressed. And then freeze blows the axe, smashes it and punches him across the room. I was like, Oh yes. Finally. That was pretty cool. Yeah. He just, he just, that he, just for six minutes just beats him down just literally just like everything you wanted to see place. everything you wanted to see of all of the all of the the mayhem and and destruction steppenwolf had, had caused and getting away and slipping away whoops his ass for for yeah uh, it's 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 rewarding that's why i was like i i liked it you know i think there could have been more i think certain things maybe could have happened maybe a little bit sooner and they could have thrown sure. in some more story elements i I think that probably wasn't the case because they knew the scheduling issues at the time when the film was coming out so that you had to write it sure. a certain way. But if that scheduling issue didn't exist and you had the freedom, what would you have done maybe a little bit differently? There's always a question that, that will linger. But for the time that he was on screen and we got to see him, I, I, I enjoyed it. So a couple cool Easter eggs. If you look at – so I love what they did. Them – so I think one of the big things that I took away from probably one of my favorite story improvements over the first film was in the first film, you're like, why did they not just bring Superman to life within the first 20 minutes of the movie? Yeah. But in this movie, we actually get to understand that the mother box can create life. Yeah. And they have that whole debate over whether or not they should bring Superman back to life or not. Right. And I thought that was really, really important to add to the story. Yeah. And then the whole breaking into star labs, uh, the dad helping uh, helping them break in, yeah, and then taking taking Superman's body and going through all of it, yeah, and then Cyborg kind of seeing maybe the potential future, which I thought was interesting. I did, I I'm did not too. sure how he saw it, um, and I, I, heck, I'm not even sure we know how Bruce is seeing the stuff that he's seeing in his dreams. Yeah, 
But if you notice Clark before he's being dunked in the water is wearing his comic accurate blue suit and red tie with white shirt. Oh yeah. So I did comics, notice. I was Clark like, he's, Kent he's was always wearing that suit. He was, he's in his, uh, he's, he, I was like, he's in the suit, like, like the, the reporter suit. He's in the reporter suit, which yeah, I thought was a really cool. cool, really interesting callback. Not sure how he suddenly lost his shirt, but you know, whatever his pants stayed. It's for, you know, it's like the whole muscles. Like bro. The, yeah. So they forget, they all forget like magical day, pants, saying? not magical shirts. <laughs> so I thought it was, so I thought the whole resurrection sequence, the, the whole fight between him and the justice league and leaving out, you know, funny stuff from Batman that we didn't need, you know, like, Oh yeah. I think I'm bleeding. Like him laying on the ground saying that was in the first cut, kind of a, a throwback to BVS and do you bleed? You know, them, Batman saying something funny like that, they left all that out, and his character was better because of it. He was singularly focused in, you could tell, and I think it needed to be flushed out more, and I think with a better director it would have been. Batman was trying to make amends for all of the things that he did in Batman versus Superman. He realized that, and he said it in the line, he said, I spent so much time trying to divide us when we needed, when I needed to unite us. And it was like this, he had a goal in mind that he was singularly focused on. And by when Superman comes back to life and he helps him up, it was almost like, and they're standing there both in black, by the way. And I'm like, could have thrown in like, a, I, I would have loved like almost like that Thor Captain America dynamic where it's like, oh, you got a beard like that. Like that would have been really cool in that moment. It's like, oh, you got a black suit. Uh, I, I thought that would have been, I thought that would have been really cool. But uh, yeah, I, I, I loved what they did with Superman. Um, I don't necessarily love what they did with Lois, but that's a totally different, you know, topic of discussion. And uh, I, I think, you know, she's such a strong female character and I don't feel like they showed her off as a strong female character, nor has Snyder showed her off as a strong female character. Mm. So for me, so for me, I, I, like Lois would be the opposite. Yeah, Lois Lane's wallowing. pretty pretty feisty. She's feisty. She's fiery. She's in people's face. She's the son of a. She's the daughter of. A, she's not a son. She's the daughter of a general. Like she, I feel like she would have gone. She takes no shit. She would have. She does not. Like I feel like she would have buried herself in her work. She would have been on the front lines of every bad, crazy story she could have possibly been. Almost kind of like she, wanting death in a way. She because she a bad bitch. Okay, that's how Lois Lane's supposed to be. Instead, we did this weepy, mopey, depressed version of Lois that I just I, I, again source material. Didn't feel it's like not the, the source same. Material. I understand that. We need more than one strong woman. Mira showed strong. By the way, her trying to suck the blood out of Steppenwolf was awesome. By the way, I was like, oh shoot! Um, I literally, I just did that sound and that voice yeah. when I saw it. Yeah, but Lois Lane. Lois Lane deserved to be female and strong, and she yeah. was not represented as such, which I, I hated. That. Yeah. So can we, can we talk? Can we talk nightmare sequences? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I kind of almost felt like they could have been left out, and the film would have been just as good. Yep. I think that was something too for me that I was just kind of like I, I just I I don't know. It was a, it was a, you know, um, I think I understood what was attempting to be shown and told for the continuation, but 
once I got to the point after Dark Side's looking at Steppenwolf's head and we're there, it's like I, continuation's ready. I'm already ready. I already know. You know sure. what I mean? There's more sure. story. You don't need. Yeah. To, I didn't need to get any more, and I didn't necessarily feel like I I was satisfied by what I witnessed and that interaction between Batman and the Joker within those nightmare sequences also kind of felt felt like fan service. And that was something for me that I was kind of like, as a fan, I don't like getting fan service unless it feels authentic. Right. I didn't necessarily feel like that scene was, um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I just, it, yeah, it, did, it didn't feel right to me. It was, Cap getting Thor's hammer, fan service, but also very authentic to the scene. Yeah. Okay. Batman jo- interaction with the Joker just didn't feel it, and I also don't feel. I, and I and this is this goes back to bad casting that I think DC has done. Jared Leto's Joker is just weird. He's not menacing. He's not scary. He's not even funny, which the Joker actually has to be a little funny. Mm. He's none of those things. Instead, he's just weird. And I thought that whole interaction was was weird. Um, and I thought the whole, you know, Harley begged me to make sure you die slow situation, which I I, I was like, how, why, why would Harley beg for that? That doesn't make any sense. Like, yes, she's emotionally abused by the Joker, but also like soul tethered to him at the same time. Mm. I, don't, I don't feel like she'd be she'd be begging for that unless it was a joke, you know? So I, I, I think I thought the whole scene with let's get Joe Manganiello back as Deathstroke. Let's suddenly have Mira have an accent by the way, which came out of nowhere. Uh, let's put flash in some armor. Let's put cyborg in some armor and let's make them scared of su- We've already done the nightmare scared of Superman sequences. We don't need more of those. I'm sorry. And I know he even said that was going to play out in the next film. Like why? You have, there's no need for that. Have them battle dark side, have the, have us know that that's a potential future and raise the stakes based on it. Yeah. We, we don't need that. We, we, we don't. And I don't, I think it could have ended really well with, you know, Batman waking up from some sort of quick nightmare, you know, something fast. And then Martian Manhunter showing up. Right. And that, and that would have, maybe it was dark side's face, something, you know, you know, Dark's, Dark Side reaching down and grabbing him. And then, oh, he pops up and wakes up from a nightmare. Like that that dread of knowing Dark Side is still coming. Okay, totally believe it. And then Martian Manhunter shows up. That's how I would have written it. But the whole nightmare sequences just, they feel off. And I know the source material and it still feels off in it. So um, rumors are that Lois is pregnant in this movie, if you saw the pregnancy test. And the original story was that it was Batman's kid and that by the end of the third Justice League, this is what I read from a couple of different sources, by the end of the third Justice League, Batman would die in the battle against Darkseid and that Superman would know that it was Bruce's child and that he would raise him and he's powerless and he would help him learn to be the next Batman, take on the mantle of the bat. Mm. but then they're now now I'm hearing that they kind of rewrote and changed. And that is Superman's kid that Lois was having, you know, like, oh, like wow. that, 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 that was going to be Superman's Superman's child that okay. she was pregnant and huh. going through. So, you know, uh, St- Snyder's the same guy who talked about Batman being raped in prison. So 
Yeah, I don't put any of this past him. He what? That's just. Oh yeah, he's quoted it talking about Batman being raped in prison. Really? <laughs> yes, uh, and and uh, not not even kidding. Uh, when he was talked, uh, I, I really want to read the quote, and I wish I had it. Snyder says Batman could get raped. Why the new Batman movie? <laughs> An old, uh, I want to read this real quick. In an interview, Zach, from 2008, it could have been much worse. During an interview, he revealed that he had a very different idea about Cape Crusader than fellow director uh, Christopher Nolan. Batman's dark. I'm like, okay, no, Batman's cool. He gets to go to Tibetan Monastery and be trained by ninjas. Okay, I want to do that. But he doesn't, like, get raped in prison. That could happen in my movie if you want to talk about dark. That's how that would go. Oh, wow. Those are Snyder's words. Okay. All right. Yeah, yes. he said that. Okay. He definitely said that. So I don't know where we leave a lot of the audience right now because they're like, are we going to leave on a rape thought? No, we're, we're not. Because we're going to take the moment to talk about what I, what I was mentioning before uh, because uh, I need to delete that from my mind. Um my excitement for the continuation of uh, Suicide Squad mm. with this type of storytelling to, again, say, you know, what I think in terms of the Snyder Cut versus the original cut, Snyder Cut is far better. Um, sure. And some of the aspects of that, I felt, were that it seemed to be more aimed at adult and a, a more adult audience watching that recent trailer and looking at some of the stuff that I've seen for the suicide squad. I'm like, you know, maybe that's where WB finds its bread and butter with its characters and the storytelling that it does. Um, but I'm actually really excited to see you know, that film. Um, and I am curious if anything in there ties into the Snyder cut version and where we might see, uh, some Easter eggs or some some connecting points there story-wise. Yeah, I'm excited about the Suicide Squad movie just from the sheer fact that I think it's a better cast overall. Like, when you look at it, like, to me, and this is no offense to Big Willie style, Idris Alba is an improvement over Will Smith, okay? Uh, you brought back the best parts of the cast from the first movie, including Jai Courtney, which I didn't think was given much to, to do as Captain Boomerang. And you brought in guys like, and I know you don't like him, but I think John Cena is going to be perfect in that role. I, uh, I think. Let, let me let me let me specify to a claim you just made of I don't like him. I don't necessarily resonate with the acting of John Cena like I do with The Rock when there's this huge push for this really big famous wrestler to get into films, sure. and the essence and presence that you know Dwayne Johnson brings to his characters, I, I is undeniable. I think everyone can say that. And when I personally watch films with john cena i don't get that same connection to john cena so i just want to give a little bit of a backstory to that to that statement so people understand side side note i will always no matter what he does with his career john cena to me besides being a wrestler will always be one of the funniest pranks ever in the history of youtube with the uh with the oh my god the john cena the, phone call prank yeah it's so good. 
And I do appreciate so his activism. I appreciate yeah. what he does for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and, and oh, the yeah. amount so of for, time he oh puts out there for other people. Uh, I think it's really awesome and, and selfless of him. So I do. No, I one's, do granted, no one's granted more that. wishes than John Cena. No. Like it's not even close. No. I mean, it's not even I mean, close. This the guy's doing great, it. He's, he's like, somebody, so, I'm on a plane. I'm there. I'm, I'm in a plane. bus. I'm, I'm on a car. Where, where I'm going. I'm Taking there. care of him. Let's do yep. it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I want to talk about slam me and he's only got one arm. I'm in. Right. I'm Let's here. I want to talk about something you were telling me. I want to talk about something you were telling me about the animated show with King Shark and then not really understanding how significant King Shark was and then seeing this, you know, the recent trailer footage with King Shark in this film. And I'm like, oh, wow. James Gunn got the freedom to take this character in the direction that you have to when you think of a humanoid shark walking around you're just going to eat people uh right he's straight up he's straight up eating people so i'm i'm really curious to see what we witness and then how the team reacts to this because it's so left field of a character um yeah we get in Starro, by the way, which is huge. Okay, so if you don't know Starro from the comics, Starro is this giant extraterrestrial being. He looks like a giant starfish, but he sends out bits of himself that actually can take over and mind control people to do his bidding. And he's actually taken over the entire Justice League. So it's actually really cool. And I think if he was going to do any story, considering his experience with the movie Slither, I thought Starro is a great one for him to do because it is That's kind cool, of yeah. like Slither's that. very good. If you haven't seen Slither, go see it. Yeah. Watch it. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he's got the gore experience from Slither. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in Suicide Squad. I think the dynamic between all of them is going to be great. Uh, I, I do. I think one of the best casting decisions anyone ever made was making Margot Robbie Harley Quinn. That was a great she choice. She does a great job. And it will always she's super be a talented, great yeah. choice to me. And she's, yeah. su- she's incredibly talented. She's, she's beautiful. She is, she just dives into all these action sequences and she loves the character. And I love that about somebody who decides to get involved. Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me, it kind of reminds me of Chris Hemsworth as Thor. He loves the character of Thor. He wanted Ragnarok to be different because he wanted to tell different stories of Thor than what he felt like they were telling all right. the time. So I really feel like Margaret, they're both Australians. So shout out to Australia. Thank you for two awesome actors that we got. We've gotten quite a few more. There's many guys, more out there. Appreciate it. There's many, many, many more. But no, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. It's a lot of, look, there are a lot of random one-off characters that have very few issues in comics in that trailer. Yeah. Polka Dot Man uh, is is one that comes to mind almost immediately. Uh, the the rat, I can't remember the rat guy, you know. And they're probably and, and whoever Pete Davidson's character is, and who are all going to die, I think, very quickly because yeah, Suicide yeah. Squad and Suicide Squad members just die. Yeah, that's just that's, 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 that's there's a reason it's called the Suicide Squad. They didn't really do that in the first movie because only sort one of. member of the Suicide Squad died. But yeah, I know what you mean. You know, yeah, like, it's like yeah, it's if like, you're not these central you, characters, you're going to die. <laughs> You're going to die. Okay. It's going to happen. So I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see where they're going with it. I'm really excited to see for me where if they don't do anything else with the Snyderverse, which I'm on record saying I'm very okay with, but if they do nothing else with the Snyderverse, do they see the thematic elements of this? Do they see the good out of this experience and go, we need more of that in our world? 
And if they do that, I think they they are onto something that could be very successful with the right casting, with the right writing, and giving the actors and the filmmakers the ability to create art. As long as they don't make any more Green Lanterns or Wonder Woman 1984s, I think we're going to be okay. Because we because there there is some there's some good stuff. Shazam was good. Okay. The Aquaman solo movie was, it was good. It was very entertaining. It wasn't, wasn't a tour de force. It was exactly what it needed to be for an origin story. Yeah. And I think that's what and James Wan set out to do too with the, with the yes. film. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If you want to do visuals, like give James Wan the next justice league film, like from I a visual standpoint, I love his work. I love his work. And I think he would be great. And I think he did a great job with all of the bits that he had to go with, with Aquaman. Um, you can't unless you use Flashpoint to reboot this whole universe. Yep. You can't reboot the whole universe. So what do you do? Yagado is still your Wonder Woman. Okay. Um, uh, Zachary Levi is still your Shazam. You know, we, we still have our Aquaman, uh, you know, and, and Batman will be changed to whatever Batman will be changed to. I think my lesson, my biggest takeaway from this experience of sitting through watching four hours of Snyder Cut and the excitement that there is with Suicide Squad is one word, and it's the S on Superman's chest hope that's what i have i have hope wonderfully wonderfully summed up and we are one fourth long of the snyder cut on this episode of the nerd talks podcast as we talk the snyder cut and we feature a little bit of discussion about the suicide squad film but i loved that so much i wanted us to end on that sentence so well, I think we should conclude. I think we should. I want to give everybody a quick preview of our next episode, which I'm really excited about. We have um, uh, Melanie Sullivan. She is a doctor. She is a registered dietitian. She is a doctor in New York City. And we are going to be talking about gamers nutrition. We yes. are going to be talking about the things that you put in your body while you're gaming and what is it doing to your body and what are some alternatives that you could be doing instead. Because we ain't and just going to talk about some, the bad. We're going to also offer the good. You know, we're going to give you some solutions and then it's up to you to do something about it. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that next episode. It's be awesome. I want to give you I want to give you hope. We're giving you an S on your chest. That's right. Steph. That's right. That's cool. right. Well, that's right. For the Nerd Jocks podcast. We thank you for listening, for tuning in. Make sure you check out the other episodes. Make sure you check out the the ones in the future. Drop a comment. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you thought. Add some conversation. Make sure you get Jesse Grant and we'll see